I'm Chris White. And I'm Stevens Brown. And we are from Tap Pest Control Insulation. And again, we want to thank you for downloading our podcast. We're glad you took time to listen to us. Yeah, we got a part three, right? Part three. Super stoked. What you thinking for today? What's the topic? Yeah, we got part three of our series of performing an attic capsule today. uh, We're going to talk a little bit about blowing tap into the attic. Uh, So we've talked about the prep work, uh, you know, loading up the truck, kind of organizing all that. We talked about prepping the attic in the last one. So everything now is all prepped. And, you know, this episode, we're ready to go ahead and start blowing tap into the attic help us be a little more efficient and uh we're going to try to give you some tips today to to make things a little bit easier and and uh maybe make you aware of some little things that you might not have thought of so stevens why don't you why don't you go ahead and start us off what's uh, some of the first things we want to do after you know as soon as we're ready to get going here yeah absolutely so you know like chris said now that we've we've got all our attic prep work done you know we are ready to blow tap so one of the first things you know we want to look at doing is is pulling that blowing hose out right we want to go over the connections, uh, the clamps on there, make sure they're very secure, make sure they're tight, you know, inspect our hoses. We want to make sure that those are covered, covered with duct tape. All the connections are, you know, they're, they're carefully secured. You know, we don't want to cause, you know, any scratches, kind of like we talked about in the last episode. But we want to get that hose out, inspect it, make sure it's tight, make sure it's got duct tape around the connections. And then we kind of want to start getting that up, you know, into the attic, um, Let's transition and talk a little bit after that about power. Um, you know, these blowing machines, you know, are designed to run off a of household power. Okay. But we want to make sure that we've got them plugged up on separate circuits. Um, you know, primarily we're looking for 20 amps, especially when it comes to the, uh, the insulation, the, uh, the, the, agitator, the, agitator, time, yeah. the agitator motor. Yep. Thank you. Um, you know, and then the, the blower motor, you can typically run off of, uh, uh, 15 amp, but when you plug your power cords in, all right, and, and, and bring it back around to the machine and have everything plugged up, you, you want, you want to see, you know, from 115 to 120, obviously 120 being optimal. Um, and you, you want to operate around those levels. Anything less than that, uh, operating off lower power can, can actually cause some damage, cause some, cause some stuff to heat up, cause some things to shut off. So power is an yeah, absolute. Now must. when you say the one, you're saying 115, 120. You mean the, the on the voltmeter right on the uh, the crundle? Equipment, yes, right? correct. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, so on the machine, you've got those two little black screens, which are your voltmeters, and that gives you your power reading input. And so, you know, when we plug it up, and, and also when we begin to operate, we want to see, you know, around 115 to 120. If you start dropping below 115, uh, you kind of want to be aware of that. Yeah, you can run the machine. I mean, typically, uh, I think the rule on the equipment is uh, – you get a 10% kind of leeway on that of the bolts. So, yep. I mean, you could, you could, you're right in saying you're driving below 115, you got to kind of pay attention to that, but you are actually pretty good down to about 110. Um, and, you know, maybe even a couple of, of points below that. But the, uh, once you get below those numbers, below 110, then you're really going to start drawing a lot uh, off of there. And then, of course, that that's what heats up the uh, equipment, causes it to shut down. So, uh, yeah, you're going to find, I think, on the on the circuits when you're plugging into a house, depending on where you are in the country and, and what the, uh, you know, whether you're rural or, or where you are. And a lot of it depends on where you are on the power grid as well. And, you know, sometimes you can be at the, you're, you're in a house that may be at the end of the power grid. 
you will drop some volts through there, but so long as uh, you know you're hovering above that uh, that 110 mark, you should be okay. Yep. No, totally agree. Yeah. Once once you're around the 110 and above, hovering around that threshold, you should be good. But any kind of low power, like Chris said, it can kind of start to trigger a, a multitude of problems. Um, and the other thing on there, Stevens, I think it's important to mention that if you are plugging into the power, right, and you've got it on separate circuits, you find that you're running on a lower, say you're running at 110. And, uh, you know, one of the things you can do is try another part of the house, try to plug in somewhere else, because oftentimes we find that you might be plugged into an area that's running, say, a, a refrigerator, uh, maybe there's some air conditioning, um, window units that might be in you know some of us have those in the north that you know it's not all hvac stuff um, yep so they may be running some other things off of it yep. that are pulling that's pulling power down and that's what's going to cause you to have a, a weaker a weaker voltage yep. so just you know move it and try to find another service. oh yeah no absolutely it's 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 worth testing all of them in there for sure no doubt um, but now, you know, now that we've got good power set up, now we've got our hoses, we've, we've pulled them out, you know, we've checked them, they're good to go. Now we kind of, we want to run that hose up in, into the attic, you know, and now we've got everything taped off, everything's secure. Um, you know, we want to get that hose up into the attic and we also want to look at, uh, bringing the remote with us. I know <laughs> guilty as charged, there's been several times that I've gotten my hose situated, you know, pulled up into the attic, you know, run it through the most efficient weight and begin to start blowing. I go, ah, oh, man, I have forgotten my remote control. <laughs> so <laughs> make sure you, you remember that. Um, there's a couple of different methods. I know some guys like to keep it with the hose at all times. Some like to keep it on them, uh, figure out what's works, what works best for you. Um, and then the, you know, the, the wireless is, is a great option too. You know, it keeps you from having to deal with that cord. Um, but, make sure you have that remote and you know once you get it run up through there the biggest thing is we've got our hatch master installed remember to zip that hatch master shut right it's going to help pro prohibit you know all that dust and, and some of that cellulose from from falling back down so that's kind of my i would say two to three final steps kind of right before we we start blowing the tap insulation itself but chris let's talk about a Let's talk about some communication devices, you know, using walking talk, walkie talkies and kind of coming up with a code. What, what, have, what, have, what have you done that you've seen works best? Yeah, I mean, the, obviously the walkie talkie is a nice, uh, it's a quick way. You don't need to have anything expensive. I mean, you're only a few hundred feet from each other at yep. most. So that's a great way to do it. You can usually clip them right on. You, you want to clip them near your ear, especially if you're, um, you're in, the, in the back of the truck with the machine running. You want to have that close by. Uh, you never know. You know, a lot of times it's it's good. You may not be doing a lot of conversation, but when you do, it's it's important stuff. One might you know be, hey, I need a I need a hand up here, or um, you know, shut the machine down. I you know, I put my foot through the ceiling. <laughs> um, you know, obviously they can they can shut it off, but they're going to need some help, and you know, it's just a, a quick way to get some info back and forth. And even toward the end of the job, you know, you get down to the end, like, hey, uh, how much is in the hopper? You know, I just put a bag in. Okay, I'm almost done. Don't put any more in. Um, that kind yep. of thing. And um, it's just a good good communication device. Now, a lot of guys have used their cell phones and stuff like that. That That's good. I'm not a fan of, of having my phone up there in a dusty environment. It's probably not good for yep. the phone. Um, so, you know, just having a, a walkie-talkie. And some other things are, you know, it's always good to have a backup. And, and I've seen guys using the, uh, the remote on the on the machine as a, as a device, if you somehow, 
you know, lose your walkie-talkie, which, you know, can happen, and you're blowing in 16 inches of tap, and all of a sudden you lose it, and it's buried. Um, you know, the, to be able to use, develop a code off of the remote, so that if you flip it on and off three times quick, it means, hey, I need your help up here. Uh, you know, just different things that you can come up with. Uh, yep, team. I was I was going to say when yeah, when those communication devices do fail, you know, it's it's a good food for thought to to come up with a a code that you and you and the machine handler you know recognize and can operate off of. It could it could save you sometimes, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. So, talk about you know the machine settings. We've got the the hose up there now. You know, well, how do we set up the the machine? What the you know what what do we do with the material gate? And the yeah. Gear? So so what I like to do is we're going to open the. Uh, the, the feed tray, so to speak, you know, you've got, you've got two little latches that come around the top of the machine and you can fold that down so you can hold a bell of insulation up there. You know, you can use your box cutter and, and, and begin to fill that hopper. But what I like to do is I like to, uh, to test the machine before, you know, I, I get a bunch of product down in there and, you know, and there's ways to do that. You can close the slide gate, you know, or you can just turn the blower motor off. And I like to put some insulation in there, you know, a half a bell or so and, and let those agitator tines run. I'll check my chain. Just, just make sure everything's good to go before we get started, essentially. And then from there, you know, um, you can begin to throw bells of insulation in there. Um, Chris, talk a little bit about blowing power, meaning when is it good to gauge, you know, meaning the air, the air motor control has, you know, a high setting then all the way down to a low setting. You know, what's your favorite setup and when, when might you tweak those options? Good. Yeah. Good. Good question. The um, I like to keep the air all the way up to start because that's obviously how the machine set up to give you the maximum production. And I'm all about yep. production. So we open up the gate. That's going to allow the most material down, and then you, we open up the air all the way. Then from that, that's where you can adjust. Now, when I get up to the attic and I start blowing, um, you know, some of the techniques we want to. I'm going to talk a little bit about here shortly too. Is about how do you angle the hose? Where do you point the hose? And so the material is designed out of the machines that we offer to, to shoot out about 10 feet out the end of the hose and then uh, kind of fall like snow onto the uh, attic. And that's going to give you the best result. So um, you want to have that material shooting out about 10 feet. Now, you could get into an attic where that's just physically yep. impossible. Uh, it's too tight. Uh, it's not going to work that way. At that point is when you want to back off on your, on your air. That way it's not bouncing off the roof deck and, and so yep. forth. So then then you want to use your walkie-talkie. Yeah. And you tell them, hey, back off on the air, bring it down a half a, you know, half a mark, um, and just keep doing that. I would not want to go more than two two marks on the uh, on the yep. air. So, you know, if it's – I believe the crundles go up to eight, and so I wouldn't want to go below yeah. six. Um, that, that's sort of my – my rule of thumb on it um, is you got to have that material blowing through. It is vital. Uh, the reason we run the hoses through there, and you and you want to run at least 100 feet of hose at all times. We, we usually sell it with uh, about 150. Uh, some guys can run 200. Um, but you always want to run at least 100 feet, and that's because that ribbed hose in there actually conditions the product. Um, and at the same time, you don't want to have too low of a pressure because then the material is not going to condition through that hose either. And you'll find that you're going to use way more product than, uh, than you need to on the job. And that's not, yeah, no, that, that's a great point. I've had <laughs> a couple of guys call me and say, Stevens, you know, you're, 
you're spot on about, you know, being efficient and getting as close to the attic as you can, you know, but we only need, you know, one small section of a 50 foot hose. We're right beside the entrance. We can string it straight up into the attic. And I'm like, no guys, you want to use a hundred feet <laughs> because you do have to condition, yeah. condition that material. That is a, that is a vital point. I'm glad you said that. So let's talk about <laughs> starting, you know, starting up the machine. Um, what is, I know you have a little routine you like. Yeah. So I'll, what I'll do is, like I said, I'll, I'll pull that gate down and I'll, I'll get the agitator times running. Right. And there's, there's a lot of different settings depending upon which different machine you have. Um, but I'll, I'll drop half a bell. I'll make sure the agitator times are running. I will, uh, I'll make sure the blower motor shut off. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of condition a little bit of that in there just to make sure everything's running smooth. And then from there, you know, we'll, we'll start putting in, putting in bells. Um, we'll keep, mostly we keep the slide gate all the way open. And like you said, kind of depending upon, um, you know, the layout of the job and the hose work, um, we, we run it at, at full power most all the time, just cause you know, production's everything. So. Hmm. Yeah. So I like the idea of getting it going, making sure everything's working right. You kind of hear it before you get up into the attic and start the job, just kind of get that, uh, going. So, uh, yeah. And, and the other things you want to make sure you're doing on there is just make sure, you know, you've got your machine set up properly, you know, the machine, you got the, the remote, it's clicked over. So the remote's active, uh, you know, you hit the green button, make sure it's clear, nothing in the hopper and so forth. So those are the types of things and you want to do so. Good. Uh, so I think we've we've got a re- we've got the hose up there. You know we've got we got enough power. We're we're ready to start blowing. Uh, yeah, some absolutely. So let's talk. Let's talk about that. And um, you know, it's it's a couple of things that I like to do. You know, obviously we mentioned before you start at the farthest point. So we, you know, during our prep we kind of took a look at kind of the path we're going to take. We're going to start at the far corner. Maybe our attic catch is somewhere in the middle of the attic. Um, so we're going to start at the far point. We're going to go up to the hatch and then we're going to walk to the other end of the attic and, you know, start blowing back. Yep. We've got our game plan set. Yep. So we got our game plan. Now, some of the things that you, you can do. And I, what I like to do is I like using a, those painter extension. Mm, Uh, Usually only about a three footer, maybe a four footer, just a small one. You don't want anything too big. Um, I've experimented with different sizes and, you know, some of the big ones make it a little hard because of the, trusses and so forth but the um depending on the construction that's up there but just a short little three foot that you can extend out maybe to to five or six feet is is great because you can duct tape that right on there and then it eliminates a lot of extra movement through the attic and trust me you don't want to move around a whole yep exactly so adding that extension pole on allows you to sort of get a little extra uh push if you will a little extra yeah, longer, longer arms <laughs> out there, <laughs> so you don't have to move quite as much. And so I like doing that. Um, now, when, you're, when we're blowing the material in, I think this is this is important to understand is that you want to make sure that the hose is um, at the very most level with the floor, so uh, parallel to the floor. Uh, what do not you don't want to start pointing the hose at the floor. Uh, optimally, you want to be 45 degrees from the floor, pointing yep. upward, letting the material blow out and then fall to the ground. And I know that's not feasible in many attics, but uh, maybe right in the middle of the attic, you can do that. But when you're getting onto the edges and so forth, that's a little bit mm-hmm. harder to do. So you want to be able to, uh, 
you know, just keep it at level at, at, you know, at the most. So that way the product can shoot straight out and, and fall yep. to the ground. So if, if you find yourself pointing it to the ground very often, the, one of the things that'll be uh, noticeable is you'll yep. use a lot more bags. Uh, what you're doing is you're pushing the product down uh, where it's not getting the loft that it needs. So you're, you're adding a lot more material to it. And that's going to, that's going to result in a, you know, sometimes 20, 25% more. Yeah. Kind of accidentally compacting it without, without realizing. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to just be, be wary of that. If you find yourself at the end of the job, you know, a lot of times, uh, uh, you know, team leaders and so forth, if you find that, you know, we should have used 75 bags, yeah. we used 90. Yeah. What happened? Um, that can be a result of, of the two things we've already mentioned. One being the hose uh, sort of pushing down straight at the ground or uh, low air. You're running low air and it's yep. not conditioning the product. So those, those are two things to, to, be, uh, to be aware of. Now, you also want to keep yep. that hose moving. Okay? I've seen so many times where guys just want to, you know, I'm going to move the hose here and I'm going to let it fill up to the 16 inches I'm installing and then I'm going to move it here and I'm going to wait until that's filled up. It's not a great way. You get a lot of highs and lows doing that. And really our our plan is to try to get an even uh, level throughout yep. the entire attic. Um, because the attic's only be as good as the exactly. point, right? So if you get that dip in there, that's that our value is going to be lower than the other areas. So that's going to be yeah. a weak link. I was going to say kind of a little tip that I've, I've learned. I kind of tell, especially the new crew, and it kind of helps them. You, you, you want to kind of always almost kind of like reading a book, right? You always want to move kind of left to right and you want to build, you know, back coming towards you. And that seems to kind of help them kind of build a good base and, and keep things level, but you're, you're totally correct. You got to keep that hose moving. Yeah. Keep it moving. Nice, smooth, fluid motions back and forth. Um, now you have the remote. If you got, you have to move, you shut it off, move over, yep. turn it back on again and uh, just keep doing it that way. And that keeping it moving uh, throughout the entire attic, and uh, you should you should have a, a nice level, nice level. Uh, Chris, what about when we when we get around yeah. soffits and, and overhang vents? Yeah, when you're getting over that, that's going to be a little more difficult to try to get it level with the floor. So you are going to have a little bit where you got to kind of angle it down because you don't want to fill up the soffit. You don't want to push that material up and over into that soffit or the baffles. And uh, so you gotta you gotta watch it there. You know, one of the things I, that that works well too is you can put your hand over yep. the top of the hose, so that it kind of angles it down a little bit. Um, but those areas are going to end up using a little bit more material just by default because of the way you're you're putting it in. And um, you know, you're going to have to fill up those those angles. You're not going to get you know it, it, two inches away from the end of that soffit. You're not going to get 16 inches because yep. in there there's no room. <laughs> you know, you're only going to fill it as much as you as what's there. Um, is the space you have, but as you move away from that, you kind of want to build that up and, uh, and that will uh, bring it up to the level of the yeah. rest of the attic. So. What about, what about if we come across no. any, uh, any vaulted ceilings or areas where we kind of have to, to build it up, so to speak, what, what's, what's some tips of the trade there? Yeah. Some of the things with vaulted ceilings, now it depends how, uh, how high up it goes in the attic and so forth, but. You know, say you're running, a, you know, it's a it's a 12 inch vaulted ceiling upstairs. You know, in the attic, you've got maybe 16 inches that bumps up, um, and you're installing six inches, yeah. then you're in luck because uh, you can install that right to the top of the vaulted, and then you're going to install the 16 yep. on top of the vaulted, um, which is going to give you a, a complete insulation job right there. 
However, if you're you know doing a little bit less than that, and you're going to have open sides on the on the vaulted, that's going to be part of your prep. Um, you know that you have to put in. Uh, you can either take the uh, the netting that we have, which is kind of like netting like uh, like the underside of a couch, kind of that stuff, or under a box spring, that kind of material. It allows the air to pass through, but traps the material, and then uh, just kind of baffle that around the uh, around that vaulted ceiling, and go ahead and. Put the uh, tap in there, and then uh, go ahead and insulate over yeah. the top and the sides. So that's a way to do that. But if you're putting enough in, vaulted ceilings are yep. actually very simple to do. Um, you want to make sure you're getting around everything. This is also something I've seen before, where you got to remember if you're walking through this attic and you're blowing in one direction, and if something's in the way, you may not be getting behind it. So uh, be conscious of where that material is flying and where it's landing, and look behind those different structures and make sure you're you're getting everything insulated because you don't want to have a yep you know a void and that, uh, i've, so I've found kind of once out. i get done with my first initial area every time i you know move the hose back or go to my you know my next location i'll always kind of spin around and make sure that you know I've, i'm able to get kind of what's behind me before i move back right you know to to cover it so right good yeah that's a good way to do that you know and then you know, as you get to the end, say you're coming to the end of the uh, end of the job, you're getting out toward the hatchmaster, ready to go back down. And that's when, you know, you can do a couple of things. Use your hand to kind of direct the material down or have or, you know, use your walkie talkie all down. Tell them to back the air off a couple and and just kind of fill up around that. Uh, around I'll, that I'll have to admit, I'm a classic uh, hand snuffler there at the end of the hose. <laughs> Is that what's called? I never that's what I've called term. it. Who knows, Who knows what it is? <laughs> <laughs> I think he created a new term, Stephen. The hand snuffler. Oh boy! Uh, yeah, that might be your nickname. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that. So that I think that pretty much covers it. You know, you just want to make sure everything's good in there. Now, you know, obviously at the end of that job, you want everything to kind of settle down uh, before you bring a homeowner up or anything. You want to make sure you're letting that uh, that product settle for. Yeah. I'd say at least 20 yeah. minutes or so, 30 minutes. Let it let the dust kind of settle. You don't want to bring them up there when the dust is still going. Um, but that will settle down just fine. You can show them what you did, uh, point to some of yep. the rulers and so forth. Um, and, and, of course, the final thing you want to do is you have we have that yep. warranty card, the attic card. So we want to make sure that we're filling that out. That can be done ahead of time. Um, but we're filling that out and then we're stapling, we're giving one copy to the homeowner and then we're taking the other one. We're going to staple that right out, right on one of the, uh, one of the joists or, you know, the, the beams or whatever that goes up to the attic, somewhere where it's visible. So when you unzip that hatch master, it's right there and you can see exactly yep. what we, we love to do exactly what you said. You know, once you get done, give it about 20 minutes to settle and then we'll fill out that warranty. I'll go back up. <clears throat> I'll take a few finished photos, you know, I'll, I'll, Staple that warranty right there. Let the homeowner homeowner take a peek, and and generally that's a that's a good good time and good place to do that. So, well, let's let's move on Excellent. to the next part. Uh, I know we had a question come in, um, and so this question came from Ben in Minneapolis, and he said, oh, "This is this is a good one. Um, how do I stop static electricity during the install?" <laughs> Ah, well, that's a great question, and the yep. easy answer is you don't. Um, <laughs> and I know it's not a question anybody ever wants to hear, but um, it's it's 
something we have to deal with. Um, static electricity, uh, fortunately, is just voltage, has no amperage behind yeah. it, so it's not going to kill you. It doesn't mean it won't hurt, but uh, it's, you know, it's one of those things where we try to minimize as much as we can. There are a few things you can do to minimize it. Number one, you know, I, I've heard guys, you know, I'm going to wear gloves. I do think we need to be clear on the gloves. Now, we're not saying don't use your PPE gloves. Um, a lot of times when folks use gloves, they're using the big heavy-duty kind of electrical gloves to protect yourself. And that's those are the gloves you, you don't want to wear. You still need to wear your PPE and so forth. And I'm going to yeah. you know, don't do that. Um, all that does is allow the static to build up even more until it has enough to jump off and find a piece of skin on you that you know, is, uh, is usually yep. not something you want shocked. So, you know, don't don't build it up and take fewer, harder shocks. You're better off taking more of the smaller ones. That people try to ground themselves. And, uh, yeah, you know, I feel like, and, and I feel like usually we experience this when it when it's really dry or if you're in a drier climate um, and, it, and it colder, perhaps. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. When you when the humidity's low. Um, Usually it happens on a nice cold, uh, you know, below freezing day. Dew points are low. Humidity's low. Yeah. There's not a cloud in the sky. And, uh, yeah, that, that's when the, the static. I mean, you're, you're talking about a, a dry paper material going through a plastic hose. and It's going to build up static. Uh, oftentimes you hear it within the hose. You, you Sometimes people will think, oh, there's a lot of metal or there's stones or something going through this hose. No, that's, that's the static, actually snapping inside that hose that's making that noise uh, it's not not foreign material going through it's it's actually the the static dissipating and you know some things that i have learned to do um over the years um, in the truck you can mix up a spray bottle mm -hmm. of like fabric softener and a little bit of like 50 50 fabric softener and water and then with every bag that you put into the hopper, yep, give it a couple, it a couple of pumps, pumps in there. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to get it wet at all. You just a couple of squirts in there. What it'll do is it'll eventually it'll coat the hose a little bit. It'll it'll uh, get onto the material so that it doesn't it'll it'll dissipate the charge a little bit more and, and minimize a lot of that. Um, I have heard people putting in graphite. I think that's a horrible idea. Graphite, if you read. Uh, you know, the health effects of that, that's a, that's not something you want to put into an insulation in somebody's house. So I would encourage yeah. folks not to do that, but I have seen, I have seen people do it. Yeah. Um, it's not a great idea. Uh, you know, just this health and safety of it. Um, other things, mm -hmm. I mean, we, there are misting systems that, that you can add to them and that does help because it is water and it, it takes that shock right out of it. Because um, you'll find on rainy days you won't you won't get shocked yep. because the humidity levels are high enough. But the um, you know the the misting systems are great because they also yep. I was going to uh, say they help produce a lot of a lot of the dust and makes it a little bit more visible for when you're doing that install, no doubt. Yeah, so that's that's some of the things I think with the misting though you do need to have water available and you need to be able to do all that. Some people just don't want to want to work with that. And don't forget now that the water when you're adding it it. it the misting system is just that it's misting. Yep. It's not getting the product wet. So, I mean, I could pick up the product and squeeze it yep. and not get a drop of water out of it. So you just got to you know, keep in mind, you're not, we're not soaking this material. It's just a little bit of moisture. Yep. To get in there, eliminate well, the static, 
That was a good question. Yeah, that's uh, a... Yeah, I was going to say... A loaded question. Then there uh, there you have it. Not not any beautiful answers to that, but, you know, a few options to take a look at. But, but yeah, we, you know, we, like all of our listeners out there, we'd we'd love for you to send in your questions or different topics for us to discuss. And you can send send an email to podcast at tapinsulation.com. And and just like Ben, you know, if we use you, we'll uh, we'll get you a a tap swag pack out to you. Um, And so we'll, we'll get that on the way. But uh, let's move. Let's move into the next portion of our show. Here we got herd in the field, and so these are some real life stories. That, you know that we get in from from folks like you or Chris and I have experienced ourselves. And uh, Chris, what do, what do you have for us this week? Yeah, well, I just talked to somebody uh, last week. This was funny. They uh, they just started into the uh, into tap. It's uh, <laughs> like say don't don't say their names here and not say their name or where they're from, <laughs> but they uh, they just got into it and they said hey we hired a guy who knows what he's doing and he let us know he's been doing installs for other companies and we're gonna bring him on and I said great you know that's excellent that uh, that always helps to have someone with experience so they uh, I was talking to the owner he said yeah I'm not sure how much experience he had apparently he went into the attic started blowing. Um, and he, he started in the far corner, went all the way back and, and sprayed oh right to the, to the other far corner and then realized the, uh, the opening <laughs> to get out was in the middle of the attic. So he basically blew himself into a corner, just what we say not to do. So uh, he had to, you know, backtrack back through the insulation, uh, try to fix that on his way out. And, uh, that, and it's much harder to find the joists on the way out and, Oh yeah, that is never fun trying to meander your feet onto the joist below ten inches of insulation. <laughs> yeah, so fortunately he uh, yeah, he made it out. He didn't put his foot through. It was a little slow going, and he fixed the job. But yeah, I'm not sure how much experience he had. I think they're gonna you know talk to him about that. But uh, yeah, moral of the story: the don't blow yourself into a corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Good. Hey, well, if anybody has any other stories, you know, we're always looking for stories like that. And, um, you know, this one, I, I, I told him I would not say who it was and all that, but we're going to send him a swag pack as well, hat, shirt, and so forth. And uh, we're going to get them set up. But we appreciate it. We'll, we'll protect your name and, and all that if you got some good ones. We'd love to hear it. Just send it over to podcast at tapinsulation.com. Yeah, that's going to Steven, gonna, part three. Going to wrap that's it up. It. That'll, that'll do it. Besides the, yeah, the one up. more. So. We'll do the one more we'll clean it we'll clean up the place we'll talk about that in the next episode and uh hey that's it for now awesome uh, thanks for joining we'll us folks and remember time. be well keep those feet on the joist <laughs>